Welcome to Life Point with your host, Pastor Tom Doherty. Blessings to each of you this great day, this great week, this great season. I hope you had a great Christmas season and and I pray your new year will be great also as we close down in 2021. But folks, I want you to know that you can do it. Through Christ, you can do all things. I can do it. We all can be people who make a difference in people's lives for the world. So today I want to share out a second Timothy and and then we're going to uh uh, move forward and see what God has for us. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for the day. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your kindness. God, lead us. Open up doors in our minds and our hearts that we can see you and see you clearly. I love you, and I give you thanks for a great day. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you know what? There's a lot of things in life we can talk about, but I want to read uh, Timothy uh out of Paul's release from prison Romans uh, in Rome in AD 62 and 63, and after his fourth missionary journey, during which he wrote 1 Timothy and Titus, Paul was again imprisoned under Nero in 66 and 67 AD. It was during this time that he wrote 2 Timothy. In contrast to his first prison experience where he was watched in a rented house, this time he was in a cold dungeon, chained like a common criminal. His friends even had a hard time finding where he was kept. It is said that Paul had three reasons to write this letter to Timothy. One, he was lonely. His friends had deserted him. And you know that what that's like. It's like uh, today we have people that go to prison pretty soon. They just get forgotten about. Paul longed for Timothy and asked him to come and visit him soon. Another reason he wrote the book was because he was concerned about the church. At that time, it was under a lot of persecution under Nero. And he is telling Timothy to preserve and persevere and not to uh, and and to keep preaching, even if he had to suffer for it. See, we are called to preach God's word. Not just pastors are called. We are all called. We are all to be vessels used by Him. So I want to read uh, this passage of scripture. It is found in Second Timothy chapter four, verse one through five. Listen very carefully, the Apostle Paul, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus. Who will judge the living and the dead? And in view of his appearing in his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up a sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. See, what he's saying here is this, folks. We must preach the word. We must preach the word of God and tell the story of Jesus to all people so they too can have hope, so they too can come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ who transforms lives. I'm excited. Finally, it's going to happen in April. We are having the Harvest Festival with Greg Laurie. He's going to be here for a Saturday and a Sunday night service. You're going to hear a lot about it. We want the world to come. We want those that don't know Jesus to come. We want to get the saints to bring their friends. They have great 
uh, music, uh, popular music people are going to be there, Jeremy Camp and others. It's going to be a phenomenal two days, but we need to get people there so they can hear the gospel. Greg Glory brings it in such a, a wonderful way that, in fact, in California recently, in Anaheim this summer, they did, they did the crusade and 3,000 accepted Jesus, their Lord and Savior. 3,000. We want our friends and family to come and be a part of this. Believe it or not, the world is starving to meet Jesus. Yes, many people would come to Jesus Christ if they were just introduced. And exactly what Paul wanted Timothy to do, to introduce people to Jesus Christ. And not to be worried about being treated poorly or made fun of, but to share the Word of God. You know, and nowadays, you know, if you're a Christian in school, listen now, you, a lot of the kids won't proclaim it because they're afraid they'll be made fun of. I'm telling you what, we need to stand up for Jesus at all costs. We need to teach our children to stand up for Jesus, not to give in to the world. The world seems to be winning because they take our children and pull them to their side. That's why it's so valuable and so important that you have your children in church. You have them learning the Word of God. You live it at home. You don't just talk it. You live it at home. We need to be, we need to be concerned for the souls of man. Paul went on to tell Timothy to be prepared to correct, to rebuke, and to encourage. Why is it we are so fearful about standing up for what is right? We don't want to correct people or rebuke people, even though they are wading deeper and deeper in sin. We just watch them slide instead of saying a word about it. It's time for us as people to stand up and tell people this is not how the Word of God tells us to live, and you're making a poor choice. We see people making poor choices every day, getting involved with lying, cheating, drinking, and many other things that lead them downhill. But instead of standing up and encouraging them, we, we encourage them to just keep going doing what they're doing because we don't say anything. What it comes down to is too many are really not concerned for other souls. So the question I ask for you today, are you really concerned about other souls? Are you really concerned about other people going to heaven? Or do you really care? Or you don't want to hurt their feelings, but you just let them go to hell anyway? Well, Paul didn't want Timothy to be a weakling in faith, but to be strong, filled with the power of God, to make a difference in a lost world. It's very easy in life just to fall in the mainstream and go with the flow, to be happy and mind our own business, even though, Lord, even though the Lord directs us to show the world who Jesus is. He told the disciples, go into all nations. And that message was for all of us in the last chapter of Matthew. Well, that doesn't sound fun. Well, are you kidding me? It's a blast. Leading people to Jesus is the most fun thing you can do in your life. You are changing their life forever. You're leading someone to heaven. How much better can that be? Well, Pastor, I haven't tried it. Well, it's time to try it. It's time to start proclaiming the Word of God boldly and start letting people know when, when they're living a life that's not of God to help turn them around. You can do it in a great way. The Bible says gently restore people. What's gently mean? It means softly. You don't go and rip their heads off. They're ne they'll never respond. See, Paul goes on to tell Timothy to be patient and careful in instructions. Now, I don't know about you, but I have a hard time being patient. That is certainly not my gift. When I want something done, I want to see it done. And if it's not done, then I get kind of impatient. But it's very good advice because we have a tendency uh, 
to want to get it right and get getting things straightened out immediately. And many times it causes people to turn and run instead of stop and listen. We too need to be patient with people and careful in giving instruction. You know, all of us know that we are, we are approached in a confrontational manner. We automatically get defensive. And that's why it's so important to bathe our sharing, our witnessing in prayer and approach people with gentleness and love. Maybe you're going to some party. Somebody's invited you to one of their parties at their house, and you know there's going to be a lot of non-believers there. Ask God to open up a door for you to share with somebody. Who knows, maybe you'll end up praying with someone. About everywhere my dad went, he ended up praying with somebody. He would just pray for them. They'd mention a need. He wouldn't say, I'll be praying for you. He'd pray for them right then and there, and sometimes to their wide-eyed amazement, but he would just do it. He was not a, he was not afraid to share the gospel. When he found Jesus, my dad, when he found Jesus, he really found him. I was telling my staff that story the other day. I said my dad was a was a cusser and a stealer and he had stole all sorts of things and until he's sixteen and then he found Jesus and folks when my dad found Jesus, he found Jesus. He'd go out and spend tons of time out in their orchard. They owned a hundred and eighty acre fruit ranch, my grandpa did, and dad would go out and he'd tell about times he was alone with God, just looking up in the stars in the sky on his knees, just crying out to God. And God called him into ministry, and here he was, the only one in his family of all those people in California. They're all fruit ranchers, and this and that. And he pulled up and moved to move west and went to a Bible school and, and became a pastor. And he was so well respected in his family. He was the bright light, and and God used him to touch lives. But he had an experience. He went and paid back everything he ever owed or s- stole to anybody. He went stole some watermelons, some pigeons. Went back to these people and said. I became a Christian. I stole these from you. I want to give you money and pay you back. And he did all sorts of things, hard things to do, but his commitment was to Jesus. And boy, did he touch and change lives. I am where I am today because of my father and because of my mother and their commitment to Jesus Christ. Are you keenly aware of how the people closest to you are living? Have we become callous to seeing sin and sinful life that it truly doesn't bother us? I still get upset at a football game hearing people use poor language or watching and claiming Christians destroy their testimony by doing things contrary to God's word. That is such a bad thing when Christians live like the world and claim Jesus. And everybody says, oh, I thought you were a Christian. I thought you were somebody who really loved God. Oh, I do. But I just let the world get the best of me sometimes. Well, God can clean that up, but you got to let him. Paul encourages Timothy to not give up. Just when we see in the most of all Paul's writings, an example, not to give up. There are times we feel like throwing in the towel, but keep pressing on, kind of like in sports. You know, sometimes you, you feel like throwing in the towel. I remember being behind by, boy, I think it was 18 points and a half of one game I was coaching, and we we're playing the number one team that hadn't lost. And I told the guys, I said, look, I said, yes, we're behind, but we can catch up. And so I put things out there. I said, let's pull within 10 by the fourth quarter. Then I said, let's pull within six or something with four minutes left in the game. And you know what? They came out. We came back and we won that game. We didn't give up. We could give up. A lot of people give up in life. You know, what are we doing? You know, and. 
The world says we can't. God says, yes, you can. Yes, you can. And I know one thing. Through God, we can do all things. He gives us strength. He loves you. I hope you have a great day. LifePoint is a ministry of the Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like a copy of today's broadcast or would like more information about the church, please call us at 208-362-1700 or write to Cloverdale Church of God, 3755 South Cloverdale Road, Boise, Idaho, 83709. You may also visit us at our website, www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.